I usually try to set the menu, meaning, meaning this, like if we're going to write a French cuisine, you don't, you don't need someone coming in with a, a lasagna because like, you might be like, yo, that is like the tastiest lasagna ever, but we're, we're doing French. You know what I mean? So like there needs to be a goal. Talking Records Podcast, Talking Records Podcast, Talking Records Podcast. We talk about our favorite records, Talking Records Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Thank you all for listening. You showed up to the right place. Chad and his friends dive deep and analyze the records we have grown to love. We'll tell you how we found the band, then give you a track by track breakdown of all the songs. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a seat. Today we'll look at another record in its entirety. Hello, what's up everyone? My name is Jed and you're listening to Talking Records, a podcast focused on albums we love. We love them so much, we want to know everything we can about them. Sometimes I talk with a friend and we break down the tracks, and other times I have opportunities to talk with the people who made these albums. I'll be joined in just a few moments by Big D and the Kids Table vocalist Dave McWade. Big D and the Kids Table got their start on the campus of Berklee College of Music in Boston in the mid-90s. A Massachusetts native myself, I caught the band dozens of times. And then, eventually, my own band started opening for them almost every time they came through town. I can safely say that Big D is the band I've seen the most times live. And what a live show! With upwards of nine people on stage at times, the band put on high-energy shows. They had explosive horn lines, and the dual vocal combination of Dave and then-co-vocalist Mark, it was just great. Then, three-quarters of the band would return to the stage's Drexel. Those shows were just so much fun, and I remember having a sense of pride for our local heroes when they signed to Asian Man Records, the label that had some of my favorite bands at the time. Band members would come and go over the years, but the quality of musicianship and intense stage energy never faltered. The band consistently put out strong records and never shied away from their ska-punk sound. When I heard the band would be putting out an album in 2021, I grew very excited. The band had been busy the previous years, but hadn't put out any original Big D material in quite a while. When I picked up the album, I was immediately blown away by the huge energy, the fast songs, and the sense that this was just a really fun record. I've mentioned on this podcast a few times in the past that I loved to make mixtapes when I was a teenager. A buddy of mine and I would make them all the time, and we'd insert all kinds of weird audio in between songs. We'd take old comedy records, dance music from India, movie quotes, parts of radio commercials, you name it. Big D was no stranger to the same practice, and so when I put on Do Your Art and heard the collage of great audio, masterfully mixed together by vocalist Dave, it threw me right back to the days of making those tapes and the artistry of carefully selected songs and interludes. The album felt like a great mixtape, with a mix of ska and punk, more traditional ska tunes, and even some incredible noisecore stuff I certainly wasn't expecting. But it all worked to create this incredible record. Here to tell us more about Do Your Art is vocalist Dave McWade. Hello. Hey Dave, how's it going? Good, how you doing? Doing pretty well. So where are you out of, where, uh, what state are you out of? So I'm actually in western Massachusetts. I'm in Northampton. Oh. oh, 
we'll let you go. Yeah, so you guys would come through town all the time. I've I've been going to your shows since like '96 when you guys were rolling through, oh. and eventually my band started like opening for you guys in Northampton all the time. So, which band? Uh, we were called No Intention. I I recognize the name. Yeah. Yeah. Is Tri Cha is Cha 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 still there? Uh it's Bueno Isano now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was our big must get to. Yeah. And I learned my lesson at Tunnel Bar that if your friends don't finish their martinis, it's not like a beer that you go, let me finish it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that was my most drunk show accidentally in the history of me. Yeah. Too many of those ancient mariners, man. Woo. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for uh, making time for me today. This is, uh, this is exciting. I'm thrilled to talk with you. Longtime fan. So yeah. my pleasure. First off, Dave, I have to congratulate you guys on such an incredible album. I mean, this is the album I needed <laughs> after a dismal 2020, 2021. So I hear you. I'm going to start with you. that. Thank you. And we, I believe you're allowed to say this. We flip and love it. We, it's, ex, it's exactly and more than we were hoping for. Yeah. And like, I, it's just in our world, we're just really happy to make a record that we're just so, so ecstatic about. And maybe that's because lockdown happened and interrupted mm. it. You know, it interrupted the whole process of it. Right. That maybe it made it that much more special. And maybe it was because we didn't put out a proper full length in like forever. We have a real heartwarming feeling with this record. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that goes, that comes through because when I listen to this record, it sounds like you guys are having fun. You know, and you've been doing this for a while and, you know, I don't know, some bands that get to like the ninth, 10th, 11th album and they're like, all right, here we go again. But you guys are having fun and it, yeah. it comes through. Well, I'll say that there was there, kind of the, I guess the approach uh, of that would be a lesson learned and, and freedom. And what I mean by that is a lesson learned would be like you sometimes if you write songs, you have to remember that you're going to be touring those songs and playing yeah. them a, a bunch. You know, sometimes you forget that, you know? Um, so, <laughs> you know, we wanted to keep, we wanted to keep the punk rock side positive because, you know, I, over time, I almost feel like the, the punk rock message when people think punk rock, you know, like, rah, rah, rah. it's almost like Facebook in, in like online arguments, comment arguments mm. have like, have like <laughs> replaced or destroyed punk rock. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause everybody questions everything now at this mm. point that like a punk song can almost come, come off as a troll rant. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah. but there's not, but that's not all punk, you know, there's a groovy ghoulies and you know, the descendants and like, right. you know, you can write, or the, even the Ramones, you can write, you know, the dead milkman, um, you can write fun punk songs. So I remember approaching, you know, the diving board, of, you know, jumping into the punk rock writing of this record. And I was just like, it, I want to keep it fun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I make the joke <laughs> that like in Revenge of the Nerd, the movie, the Revenge of the Nerds 2, they, they form a band. And I'm like, oh, are you talking about like, Lambda, Lambda, Lambda? Uh, what is it? Omega yeah. Moo? <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, they would play metal in the microwave. Do you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Wow. Yes. I can see that. So there's that. So there's like, you know, just remembering, you know, remembering that you want to play the songs live and 
and just this my new kind of like approach of the punk rock message right now you know that's awesome yeah after the release of Stomp and Stroll, you guys remained quite busy touring. You recorded with the Doped Up Dollies. You did a covers record. You were writing books. You guys yeah. were busy with a number of projects. Uh, Cuidado. Yep. How did all these different bits of creative output sort of prepare you guys for the process of making Do Your Art? That's that's a really great question. So, yeah. So, first off, um, the Doped Up Dollies, you know, they were, they've been with us since... They were mentioned in Strictly Rude, but they didn't hit the mics until like Flute and Stroll. And we always said, you know, one day we'll be your backing band. And then something like three or five years went by and Saray, <laughs> one of the dollars, was like, uh, when's that going to happen? And so immediately I was like, oh, my God, you're so right. Because, you know, years go like months now. And so we focused, we focused on the Dolly's record. But one of the great things about the Dolly's record is it intentionally, I said to everybody, don't write any songs just you can have riffs don't write any songs we'll go to my like i live in like a weird cabin in the woods and i was like we'll go to my cabin in the woods and we'll just talk about a song noodle it and then record it do you know what i mean i didn't want yeah. that like re weekly rehearsal space mm. thing it had to be done differently and so you're right so we did the dolly's record and then you know i was writing some books and then we there was cuidado and cuidado was just kind of like um you know i started this whole music thing playing drums and the mm -hmm. whole singer thing is the fluke you know it's just an, a, a, who's gonna do it nice you're act. gonna do it <laughs> yeah yeah it was like you have to sing and i'm like all right all right and uh, i think people in bands know how sometimes that goes usually bass players are just the only only friend in the group that doesn't have an instrument yet and so they're like you're the bass player you're, you're on bass <laughs> so i kind of missed playing drums like a lot and yeah, so my yeah. buddy todd from my old band Drexel and I were talking and we decided to, you know, put Cuidado together. So, so I, so we could play together again. We just missed it. And then I put the vocals on and then Alex Brander, our big D drummer is now the drummer. Um, mm -hmm. So I had to, I had to, I had to play drums. I missed an instrument, yeah. you know, <laughs> That's awesome. but yeah, it was a whole, then the covers record came because big D usually likes to do an EP before a full length so that we can mm -hmm. like wash away whatever was on that last record, you know, yeah, kind of cleanse the palate. Yeah. Cleanse the palate. And so, uh, the, the covers record was that idea. That's perfect. And that's a fun yeah. record too. I mean, oh. you can't beat learning a bunch of great songs and then like having fun <laughs> recording them in your own way. It was a dream. And it, 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 it the, let's see, um, punk rock karaoke that Darren does, yeah. uh, finger and Mikey and his youth, you know, they, they, they get these like, different people from different bands to do yeah, a cover amazing yeah and so i kind of got addicted to it like <laughs> singing your favorite songs you know what i mean it's like it's i mean singing dr d by the bostones and mm -hmm. punk rock girl from the dead milkmen and we do a bc boys cover brand new i mean it's it's just like my version of having a perfect saturday night you know yeah karaoke jam <laughs> down at the big d cabin <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> And you guys did like a whole Operation Ivy set, right? One time? Yeah. And and that that contributed to it too. Like, yeah. So Amnesia Rock Fest in Canada said, it's, nice. pretty, it's pretty funny. They go, hey, you know, when you guys come, do you want to do like this oh, the, the after party show? Mm -hmm. and, and we were like, oh, yeah, we've never done that. And they're like, you have to learn a record. And we were like, oh, wow, let's learn energy because, you know, how, how hard and great will that be? And, and learning those lyrics, you know, was mm -hmm. I knew them. 
I will say perfectly like i trained like you see in an 80s <laughs> boxing movie montage like yeah. <laughs> i i i just walked around going you know empty factories to the east and all our waste like i was i would just go everywhere doing it that's fast yeah and, fast yeah and it made me feel it like, got you ready for know. metal in the microwave yeah yeah like, <laughs> yeah like a micro machine guy oh my and god so, yeah. so they said for us to do it and we got there and i not to mention darren again but i saw darren uh goldfinger darren and they had done i think dookie the night before and so i went up to him and i was like so darren what's up with this after party because anybody in a band knows that whenever there's an after party show at like a festival it's usually like eight to twelve people <laughs> you know 20 23 if the bands showed up yeah and uh you know other bands and so <laughs> i'm expecting you know 12 people right and um and he goes oh you don't know and i'm like no he goes oh no it's it's gonna be like eight thousand wh whatever the entire <laughs> festival is yeah so i'm like they're all gonna I'm empty like, out into this party right yeah and so i thought wow. it was the direct opposite and so cut yeah. to me at 145 in the morning with like the suicide machines and catch 22 and Tim Armstrong all coming to side stage. Like it's a mad ball show. And, <laughs> and the system of the down is, is the last band of the night and me and they're going over. And I, I'm having this inner monologue of like, come on system of the down. We've got to do this, you know, like hurry up. <laughs> right. And so, and it was in front of the most people I ever played my favorite record playing my favorite record in front of the most people I've ever played in front mm. of that's fun that's awesome it was a it was a dream come true that you didn't even know you were allowed to dream yeah. <laughs> and so these experiences i feel like really play the reason why i ask is because i hear a lot of this stuff on this record i hear the off ivy stuff i hear the yeah. cardado you know like yeah. the dfl meets beastie boys kind of vibe yeah. and all that so definitely definitely and, and you're right they, they those were all contributing inspirations to mm -hmm. do your art making this album where you like we got to do something upbeat we got to do something fast we got to make this the most like boom record we can we can make right now <laughs> well i think i think musicians really should really think about think about this next thing i'm going to say and that's we had the freedom of not wanting to get bigger or not wanting to write a popular song or not wanting to um, climb the ladder of, you know, music industry success. Like, mm -hmm. cause if you if your goal is to, to be like the pop, the popular band in whatever genre to do that, it uh, consciously or unconsciously, your songwriting is going to change. You're going to, mm -hmm. you're going to, you know, turn the wheel towards different goals. And by not having those goals, we were allowed to, we were allowed to just cruise ride everywhere and just go, you know, like we were allowed to do so many, if you, if you ask me better things mm -hmm. than a band that's playing the game. Yeah. You know, the music well, industry. You make sacrifices. Game. Yeah. Yeah. You might not even realize it, but mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll probably stick to chord progressions that you think are yada, yada, yada. And, but mm -hmm. you know, when you're free of that, then you can write a 40, 42nd song called you buggin and, and have your heroes <laughs> melt banana play with you. You know what I mean? I'm going to ask you about that one later. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, we have a lot of songs on this record that are under a minute. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's like, you just, you just got to have fun in music. And, and, you know, I made, I made a, just to drive that point home when we used to play warp tours and different festivals, I don't know really what it was about my character, but guitar players would come up to me in like bigger bands and different genres and be like, you're Dave from BD, right? And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, I love ska. Like, like I play in Frippity Frap and Frippity Frap's like huge, you know? (laughs) He's like, but I've always loved Sublime. And you know, I, I, it's all right. I don't, I mean, it's not really my thing, but I have solo stuff I'd love to show you. So a lot of people like don't even like the bands they're in. Mm. you know what i mean so you yeah. just gotta make sure you write songs that just you just plodding along you want to write I, sure. and i always say big d writes songs that i wish somebody else wrote but nobody wrote so frickin i'll do it <laughs> i'll pick up the mantle here i go yeah yeah well that's awesome that you are surrounded by people in your band that also have the same kind of idea because i imagine it would be a challenge if you were like hey let's do this melt banana thing if a few of the other guys were like ah, that's not really the that doesn't sound like big d you know but it's cool that you're they're like hey this does sound like big d <laughs> don't get me wrong describing to the band you buggin in the song race car song was a little ridiculous yeah. <laughs> but it was less ridiculous than trying than showing the band the idea of lax mm. you know what i mean like I'm gonna say so fuck as many times as I can. Yeah. There's <laughs> no <one> chorus. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. To be a fly on the wall for those conversations. I love like the studio conversations that like bands get into. Like, I've got this idea where yeah. I wanna have like, you know, I mean I've been there, like fireworks oh, yeah. peeling off as the guitar slides are it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Why well, well, cause I come from a drummer point of view, you know, I, my point of view is from from the tail gunner, you know, and so it's like yeah. The belly gunner and so i'm always my my job as a drummer was always you know don't judge the guitar riff yet instead ask yourself you know how can i make this whole part better with my parts and how can i have a good time playing the part you know what i mean rather than i don't like it or i don't understand it you know what i mean mm-hmm. but just to jump in a little bit more with the you bugging song like i asked yako and um, agata of milk banana if they would want to cont- do a song together and they were kind of like, well, you know, we're super busy right now. I'm not sure it's in the cards. You know, we're doing our own record and all that kind of stuff, you know. And then I was like, oh, I regrouped and I was like, okay, I, 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 I kind of worded that wrong because I said song. And if you listen to You Buggin', of course it's a song, <laughs> but like, it's more like sound art song. I wrote back and I was like, that's cool, but this is the demo. Do you want to hear it? And they're like, oh, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what you meant. Yeah, because I think they thought I meant like, you know, an Adele song. Let's do a yeah, song yeah. together. Keep the vocals on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, they probably like were, you know, interest picked, you know, like, oh, this is cool. Like, we can get behind mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And the fact that Agata put his guitars on it, because we were only asking Yako at that point. And then mm-hmm. the fact that he, they were like, can Agata play on it? And I was like, God. Yeah, it's like saying. Of course. You know, do you mind a milkshake? It's like, no, I do not mind a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, maintaining, you know, Big D's sort of position in, in, in where you want to take it. I think, you know, your fans, uh, myself included, see that. And so where you guys want to go, I think we're interested to, to follow you because you're not like this huge band that has this like formatic like thing that we're expecting. And so I think that really frees you up to, because people are like, well, why wouldn't you want to be popular? 
But I think you just nailed it on the head, like, because you have more freedom when you're not, oh. <laughs> you know. Oh, well, well, the first thing I was to say is you're right. So I, I always say big D, big D's in the middle. So to yeah. a big band, we're small, but to a small band, we're big. We're like perfectly, perfectly yeah. in the middle. And, you know, like, I definitely, definitely don't really, I don't want the band to get too much bigger. Mm. I don't enjoy big shows. I mean, mm. I enjoy them more than being in traffic or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I enjoy screaming on stage through a huge PA, but yeah. I don't prefer them. I like mm. shows that are like 150, 300. And that was my only goal in life was to possibly see 150 people in front of me and, mm. and, and and have a couple of them go like, that was pretty good. That was yeah. my goal, you know? Sure. But once you start getting to about 1500 and up, it's a, it's a whole different, you're, you're entertaining at that point. Mm. You know what I mean? You're, you're, it's, to, it's not, it's not what I prefer with big D. I think we've just been super, super, super lucky. You're not into the recital aspect of it. You're more like, <laughs> Operation Ivy, Gilman Street, people falling onto the stage. I mean, doesn't that yeah. sound so much more fun than like Fenway Park where you're like, oh, yeah. there's, there's Paul I, McCartney. I can kind of see him. <laughs> I even officially recently just told myself, you know, when you say something like, I'm, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. I recently just said, I'm not going to any more big shows anymore because mm -hmm. there's just no reason. I, I'm so bored. Yeah. Even if it's like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of not for me. And another thing is, it's not because I'm being, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to come off as some sort of whatever. It's none of my heroes did that, really. Not, yeah. Nothing in my development of music had anything to do with, like, being big. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in the 80s metal scene, and then it went to the 90s, and both groups both both decades were like don't sell out don't you know like don't be part of the system you're better than that this is bigger than just enter you know trying to be popular i, I don't understand it and, and and to be frank and be frank i go to a lot of shows and i see a lot of big bands no but they're not happy none of them are happy <laughs> no no big band seems very happy you know they're just yeah bombed and i don't want to become bummed like that becomes a grind yeah wow yeah we got wet diapers alex brander was brought in as you guys were doing the strictly covered album he comes in new guy how involved was he in the writing process for this record Alex Brander is, was such a wonderful person to met, meet and then play with. And I think everybody out there knows like you, your drummer is everything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and then if you think generationally, like there's not even that many people who even know how to play punk beats anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, so he knew, he knew the soul of big D, you know, like mm -hmm. the different tempos and grooves we play and, and he didn't have to like, learn it or investigate it or um, cater into the how we play like he was boom 100 percent, and he's just such a positive dude that like you know if anybody in a band knows like if you have a member change or something and a real positive person comes aboard like it's just 
wonderful. And so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything about Brander is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You kind of breathe a little bit of, uh, you know, fresh air into the band. That's awesome. Because we've had to have substitutes for like for some strange reason or something. And like, yeah. when you know someone just doesn't know punk and doesn't like, just doesn't know the genre, it's tough. So mm. we, we were super, super lucky. Yeah. I asked because I'd heard that uh, Derek and even uh, former bassist Steve were involved a little bit in the early stages of writing or rehearsing for the record. So how were, how were they involved? We just had, um, well, Derek was still in the band at the time when we just started writing some of the faster Scott songs. Mm -hmm. And I think he did about like maybe th three or four rehearsals before he decided I want to be a tour manager full, full time. Because there's two things Derek loves. It's drums and it's tour managing. And, yeah. you know, he, so what Derek's doing right now is one of his, like, loves. You know what That's I mean? Great. He's good at it. And I think something happened where, like, Ben wasn't around or something. And so I still had some ideas. And so Alex, guitar player, and Steve and I just kind of got together and just noodled some ideas. Some of the older guys in the band aren't in the band, but they're still my circle of friends. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, That's great. I'm seeing Steve just the other day and I was just talking to Dan. I was just talking to Sean. Like there were a group of friends. And so it's just, you know, easy, obvious. It's like, hey, Steve, you want to jam? <laughs> you know? Now, do you guys each bring in your own ideas or do you just kind of get together in a room and start just playing off each other? Well, I usually, I usually try to set the menu because mm -hmm. and I recommend this for for bands if, if this is your cup of tea meaning meaning this like if we're going to write a french cuisine you don't you don't need someone coming in with a, a lasagna because like you might be like yo that is like the tastiest lasagna ever <laughs> but we're we're doing french you know what i mean so yeah. like there needs to be a goal i mean i'm, I'm saying this like it's very loosey-goosey you know what mm -hmm. i mean it's not, it's like we don't sit there and have charts and you know what I mean? like we just kind of go like let's write Strictly Rude, have it be more ska-oriented and maybe just have one punk song. Or let's do Flute and Stroll. Let's, let's investigate, like, Stroll, what, what that could be. So there's an outline. It's just so people have, you know, have a better understanding of what they should go into the, the workshop to create. Sure. But Big D, unlike many bands I know, we encourage each other to write. Like, if, like Dan Stoppelman played trumpet in Big D. Like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't write. He, he was more of a tweaker. You know, like he would tweak and improve and suggest. But I remember being like, write, yeah. write a song, you know, like, write a song. And he, he writes like Steady Riot. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's, yeah. that's why you do it, you know? And so uh, we try to encourage each other to write and, oops, sorry. And if someone isn't, then we, we keep, we keep encouraging them. And if they don't want to, because yeah. some people are just fixers. Sorry, I can't turn that off. But uh, that's okay. <laughs> but you know, like, um, but then sometimes you don't have to ask people to write because they don't want to, they just want to analyze. Yeah. And, the role is more of a yeah. taking ideas and kind of mixing them Improve, up. Yeah. And which, which I, which has sure. taken me a little while to recognize, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, that's what they like to do. So, yeah. So we try and, um, and like the beastie boys, if you will, uh, we don't like to write a record with just one one style of song. We're too ADD mm, for that. Mm. I don't like that term, ADD. I like to say a ATC, attention to creativity. But but uh, I digress. I like yeah. that. Disorder. <laughs> you don't use the word disorder. Silly <laughs> people. So like, you know, we can't just write like one song with one pocket, one long song. Mm. I mean, that would be, 
like I wouldn't want to play music at that. Like I wouldn't want to be a part of that. But don't get me wrong, I like some records like that. Like Andrew WK's first record is like one awesome song and it's perfect but mm -hmm. or like the ramones you could kind of say or the groovy ghoulies little Sweet. you know it's a pocket you know what i mean but yeah, i don't I necessarily i'd i'd go instead of being in that band i'd go see a movie or something <laughs> <laughs> for the album you brought in matt appleton of real big fish uh what did he offer in the way of production why bring him in well first off the first thing he brought in like alex brander was positivity it's just such so we were lucky. He's a New England guy and he's been living in LA um, for his productive years, if you will. And then just, just, you know, just said, I'm going home. And so we lucked out because our last tour before lockdown was with Real Big Fish. And so after that tour, he drove back to New England where I, I mean, really had the biggest open arms you ever saw. I was like, hi, Matt, welcome back. Uh, you want to do a record? <laughs> uh, like, so it was good for him. Yeah, what do you have to? Yeah, like he says to me, he goes, it was really, it was like being, like having a friend, your first friend at college or something. Like I was there, I had a record ready to, he could, he could be himself and, 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 and not like move back home and kind of like kick the dirt and be, scratch the head and be like, what, what now? Like, you know, mm. hit the ground running. And Matt's just super helpful. Like we couldn't, we didn't, he didn't, he didn't quite have fully a studio yet and, like he has one working on now in, in New England. And so he was really good about like, how can we do this record? And, you know, my my vocals were recorded in my little cabin in the woods was just really, really nice for me. It's kind of, you know, I, I, I'm, I've loved going to recording studios my whole life. I used to say, mm -hmm. if I'm in a recording studio, then that's a perfect day, but not so much anymore. You know what I mean? They're dark mm. and, I've just done it so much that I kind of yeah. like the whole <laughs> too many booths. Yeah. Or just, yeah, just the couch, sit on the couch, yeah. <laughs> put your lunch in the fridge. There's beer. In there. The seven month old magazine. Yeah, there's some coffee. You know, it's like, it's just, I've done it so many yeah. times that I like the whole, like, you know, people are hanging out on a porch and you know, that whole thing. And so yeah. we got to do fun stuff and he was so open to weird stuff. I mean, if you listen to that record, there are one of the funniest things we did was we had, a, <laughs> we had a hookup. At the the last, it's called Danny and Nanny, and it's like the last yeah. track on the record, and it starts with like, like a laser gun, like a Han Solo laser gun, and we're getting this sampler out, and we're like, you know, we have to do that Radio Shack, like, oh no, that's an eighth inch to a quarter, we need a quarter to an eighth. Okay, no, this is working. Okay, oh wait, no, that cable's crackly because I don't throw cables away when I should. All right, let's see. We're spending all this time plugging in this sampler, and he goes, okay, let's do it, and he goes, okay, recording. And I go. Pew! And he goes, okay, I got it. What next? I was like, oh, no, that's that's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> All right. Good day. Good we day, can everybody. Break down this whole, we can break down this whole thing. So he was really, really good about a lot of those sample things of, like, spending a lot of time just to get this guy going, pizza. You know? <laughs> mm. <laughs> or clinking bottles. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. I mean, those are... He's like, we can find a bottle sound. I'm like, no, we are doing uh -huh. analog smashing <laughs> bottles. <laughs> That's huge. I mean, when you get a person who's like down for it, like, yeah, let's do it. Like that, that really can make it because yeah. I don't know, like some big producer could intimidate you to like, be like, oh, okay, we won't do that. And that's, and that's true. You're, you're a hundred percent right. Like there are producers that would scoff and be like, sometimes there's sometimes uh, producers can be snooty. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you want to what? <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. Like, can we do this? Well, we should do what sounds good. You're like, oh, you know. Oh, <laughs> the passive, passive aggressive. aggressive. Like, it's your record. <laughs> I'm not a Thanksgiving bro. Wow. <laughs> That's great. So talking about recording, like, how do you guys like to record? You like to, you know, try to get live stuff or do you do it piece by piece? Um, it's kind of like, we've kind of just like done it all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I have one, I have one thing that I'll say before, like really answering the question. And that's back in the day, I, you know, when using tape, this is what you always heard in the studio. The guy tracking with the headphones on would be like, I know, I know, just do it again. I can do it. Shut up. I know. Just shut up. Just do it again. I can get it right now. Yeah. What you hear from that same guy is, is that good enough? Can you fix it? Can you put it together? Oh uh, yeah. You, know I mean? you copy and paste from yeah. yeah so <laughs> so yeah. I like the whole like play what you what you know play it don't fix it like we don't I don't like the whole like I mean don't get me wrong like this could have happened and engineers didn't tell me but like some people like copy and paste the drum parts you know what I mean like as a drummer yeah. I'm like that uh, uh, I, mean, I can't even I'm lost for yeah. words it's, it's that's horrible <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to say um so yeah. So, you know, I mean, I like the things where, oh, like back in the day when you're like, oh, shoot, we forgot to put a click track on this, you know, analog recording. So there's these huge pauses. What are we going to do when the drums pause? You're just going to have to feel it. You know what I mean? I love those mm. missions, like, because mm -hmm. it, it reminds me of playing Atari and, and Nintendo when the controllers were kind of crappy and you kind of had to feel it and you just had to know your yeah. controller well. So, I mean, we've done it all. Um I just, how do we like to record? I think we just, I think for right now, uh, for Do Your Art, it was nice to not be in a studio, studio, studio. But you never know, next record, I might be like, oh, I miss the studio. I've been seeing pictures of Dre with a smile in front of a mixing board. It's making me jealous. You know, like, yeah. so, so, you know what I mean? So, um, but just keep it positive. Um, hmm. There's no problems. You know, we don't, we don't like, we don't do problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walk the streets at night, everyone is doing all right. We're lost in London with nowhere to go. For this record, you guys basically had all the basic tracks done. Mm -hmm. You had horns and vocals left to do, and then bam, the world goes down, pandemic mm -hmm. strikes, <laughs> scrambles everything up. Uh, how are you guys able to work through that how'd you get the album finished well so yeah so when we got back from real big fish tour with keep flying great band um mm -hmm. we uh had to cancel three horn sessions which is really mm. tough for a ska band because after scheduling is writing songs <laughs> isn't hard for a ska band scheduling the kittens in the box yeah. is, is hard. they all scatter yeah <laughs> and so um so we had a but i believe obviously lockdown was tough for everyone i'm not saying mm -hmm. anything otherwise but i just for the big d record it really really helped because mm -hmm. um we kind of the way i describe it is we kind of went back to like sixth seventh eighth grade where like you know in sixth seventh eighth grade or maybe for me like freshman and sophomore because you didn't have any friends uh you get together and talk about music and you know have sleepovers mm -hmm. and it's just you know wow i love this song so much we started doing that with zoom calls you know what i mean like we just uh, the, the horns and matt and me and we'd get we get on a zoom call and just like talk about music and talk about parts um and again it's not like that thing that 
a lot of people have to do where every Thursday from seven to nine, we play and you're tired because mm. it's after work and you had to find a parking spot. And now you're just trying to sure. remember what you did. That was cool last week. Like that, that's, that's so hard. So we just kind of, we just started hanging out like little kids talking about music on the internet, you know, you know, on zoom. <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was just what we all needed, you know? Yeah. So it, so that's great. So then we just, so then we had to reschedule the horns. Matt found us a studio, like him, him and his friend were building it. Um, and so then the horns recorded there in Vermont. And then when it came for vocals, COVID was so covid that it was just proper to come to my house um, mm -hmm. and, you know, and do it that way. So, yeah, you're right. It was like a, maybe a three location rhythm section, one place, horns, one place, vocals, another place. And isn't it amazing nowadays that you can do that? Oh. Like just everyone's got like a home studio now. Like <laughs> yeah, if, if anybody watches some kind of monster or old school Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers, um documentary they're like we're not going to a studio we're going to a house aren't we yeah. crazy that's like this is not crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did suddenly having a little extra time change the record at all or did you go back and like tweak any lyrics or uh again the horns i the record wouldn't have had i think we tripled or quadrupled the amount of horn parts um that were available to us in some songs I, i'm sure the savvy musician will notice there's a lot of part the horn parts in this song and that's because mm. like we'll we'll make the song i don't want to use the word worse worse to get your horn line <laughs> in because we appreciate you and your horn line <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. we don't have to cut anything we can figure this out you know what i mean like we can have all that's the parts amazing. so we you know we would have so it definitely helped the horns. For the vocals, um, I don't know. I think I was, I believe I was pretty much ready. But sure, it's always nice to, for me to go through the lyrics and, and change that descriptive word. Or You know, I love writing the sure. lyrics. So more mm -hmm. time with them before I have to say goodbye to them was welcomed. Um, and so, so, yeah, yeah, I think uh, horns definitely improved. Vocals, probably, yeah. So getting into the songs a bit, Dave, uh, as a teacher, I teach, uh, the song Met Her Lazy really struck me. A song about people's tendencies to quickly prescribe medication to children. Mm -hmm. What sort of inspired uh, this song? Well, first may I ask, what age do you teach? Oh, I've got 10 year olds. I teach fifth grade. Oh, fifth grade. I, I, I just, I don't know teaching fifth grade. I just know being in fifth grade. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like the last, it's almost like the last year before you're like, like it all starts happening. <laughs> yeah. Before they become jaded. Right now they understand sarcasm, but they haven't quite right. like figured out that like, oh, the world's a disaster. Right, right. <laughs> uh, if you think about the math of, of me when I was little, I was the poster boy uh, kid they, that like they would experiment on you know i was the first group of kids they experimented on for what's going on now you know what i mean i think prozac mm -hmm. was the first thing going ritalin all those things you know like so you know i lived it and so they but so i'm i have dyslexia mm -hmm. they say i don't have add which just 
means the tests are wrong. Um, my little <laughs> joke. Um, and like, I'll reiterate, and I don't believe it's ADD or ADHD. That's just a bunch of people who aren't creative naming something. Um, it's very Twilight mm -hmm. Zone, Black Mirror. Uh, it's just creative people. I mean, like, I mean, everybody who's listening, if you, if you've been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, I swear to God, it is a gift. I can like make breakfast, get an email done, pet the cat while talking to the FedEx guy. But like, I, I can do a million things at once. And most, like a lot of people can't. So it's a gift and it's attention to creativity and never think you have Absolutely. a disorder because that was mm -hmm. wrong for them to label you. So yeah, thank you for saying that. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's a hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's always interesting. It's most, the most uncreative people always try to stifle the most creative people. It is. Well, that's, so the, what I wanted to say was, yeah. do you feel like it's just society has an expectation? And if you don't meet that expectation, you have to change, yeah. you know, rather than society. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's absolutely. I see that all the time. And so. Yeah. I also look at it as like Marvel comics. It's like, it's, it's, um, mm -hmm. It's the it's some of those villain, villains that didn't have mutant powers that were angry at the mutants for having mutant powers. Do you know what I mean? Like I look yeah. at it, what they yeah. call ADD as a gift. I would never mm -hmm. want to be boring like them. <laughs> but so what what started the song? And so that was always my that was my history. So that's who I was. Oh, and then once my mom, so they put me on these the, the pills that they do to keep you focused. And I went over to my mom at a very young age and I said, mom, um, I just want to talk to you. I was like, there's weird things happening with me. Like I'm super happy. I'm very happy. I love everything that's going on. I got no problems, but I can't stop crying. Mm. And it was because of the medication. And so she took me off yeah. the medication. And then when I went back to the doctors for like whatever their evaluations, they were like, David is improving so much. Let's keep the medication going. It's just like night and day. And she had taken me off of it. You know what I mean? But so wow. again, so that's just my, and of course these, this, these medications work outstanding for some people. That's not what I'm talking circumstances, about. Yes. So if it, if, it, yes, yes. if it works for you, I'm just not talking about you. I'm talking about other people. And so I started teaching and it just seemed like every student was on something. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And having to take me aside and talk to me and we would have these questions about ADD and I would tell them about ATC. And, and it, I just realized that like 85% of my classes were on stuff. The song came from all of that. And I never got the sense that it was anti-medication. Yeah. I always got a sense that it was like the over-prescription of, oh, let's just band-aid this with, here, you know, yeah. take this, take two of these, call me in the morning, you know, that kind of well, thing. Well, some people want to buy a cute puppy, and mm -hmm. but they can't deal with the fact the puppy's a puppy. A creative person or a kid is a kid. And some adults, you know, they, they go into parenting not wanting a puppy, but wanting, you know, they, they, they're just not ready for the energy of a young person, you know what I mean? Or, or like, what yeah. if we do this? What if we do that? What if we could do this? What if we do that? Oh, my kid is making me have to think. Let's med it. Let's mm. med the, the puppy down. So moving into 
too much in a time where the line is constantly being challenged with what's acceptable to say and what's offensive. The song too much really struck me. So tell me a little bit about that one. It's interesting because where the song started was actually from comedians. During lockdown, I was mm-hmm. like mainlining stand-up comedy. Um, like yeah. <laughs> really, like the amount that you listen to like your favorite record, I would listen to the stand-up that many times. You know, some people just listen to it like twice. But I, I, I was, yeah. and I'm glad I did because it's, I don't want to do stand-up comedy, but I started to understand their arrangements and their shows. And like, I don't know, like mm. I could be a fan of it and kind of like think about it, but not have to do it, <laughs> which is awesome. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so a lot of them were talking about, you know, w- with freedom of speech, what's too much, you know, what's too much to, you know, say, or th- that started mm. the idea. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I know what you guys are saying. Cause my personality, you know, some people can say is too much. I've even had successful ska bands uh, singer come up to me and be like, your movements are too much on stage. You know, like I move slow. You move. Thanks for that note. Yeah, I know. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't fucking believe it. And then same person critiqued an arrangement to my song. And I'm like, you don't know how much you suck. You don't know how oh, much you suck. God. Um, Get over yourself. <laughs> but, but, you know, wow. uh, but, and so, and so, you know, like, you move you move too much or you know or like you know people with a lot of energy people with with low energy will 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 try to knock you down almost like i mean there's an ongoing theme too like meter lazing and too much are very of kinship and so yeah it was just yeah it's just people trying to stifle you and try to put a cap on your creativity and and again you know it's always the least creative people trying to stop the most creative people. They just don't, they mm-hmm. don't like it. They can't handle it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you see that everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. And then, and so, so that's where it started. It started with stand up comedy. And then I tried to kind of like think about it, how it pertains to my life. And then I, then I turned around and looked at everything else. And, and so, yeah, too much. It's, it's a perfect reflection of my experience. And with Big D, it's like we were always too punk for the ska kids and too ska for the punk kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's always too much <laughs> yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Big D is too much for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And now you've got a song called Race Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going back to the comedians thing for a minute, Dave, uh, do you feel like comedians are suddenly being forced into this weird place where they have to choose between like what's comedy and what's taboo, like almost to the point where they're afraid to do their stuff for fear of like, Oh, you know, how's this going to, this is comedy, but how's it going to be perceived? Okay. I don't think comedy comics give a fuck. Like I think the new punk rock, (laughs) I think punk rock doesn't live in music right now. Obviously there's probably some really good punk rock bands, but I think as a whole in America, I think, Mm. you know, once pop punk started, we have pop punk. We don't really have punk up here. Some of your listeners, I know you have some bands, that you know are punk and I know that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying less or less around me at least. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have heard a band recently, I think uh, Deborah Long, um, the singer of the band messaged me um, uh, through Facebook. I think she was just, oh, she was saying like, I'm in, I'm in Salem. Do you have anything to recommend? Are you around? You know, that kind of thing. Their show was in Rhode Island and I, I love that. She's like, I was like, oh, you playing Salem? She's like, no, we're playing Rhode Island. I'm like, that is one detour. But um, yeah. <laughs> I believe it was because, um, you know, she she never been that close coming from Cleveland, mm-hmm. I believe. 
and I was like, oh, so I was shooting the shit with her. I was like, oh, you could do this, you could do this. She's like, cool. And I was like, oh, what's the name of your band? And it's called Slut Bomb. Okay. Slut Bomb. Now, this band is the best band I have heard probably in the last 15 years. Wow. Yeah. For me, for me. But I do not, nice. you know, I have the best musical taste. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I just, so, what do you like about yeah, it? Yeah. I just got to say, uh, you know, I, and especially like I'm older, you know what I mean? Like music usually touches you, you know, when you're, you know, like that sweet spot, you know what I mean? Like that. Sure. That yeah. Before you socialize, I think like before you want to go to venues and meet a boy or a girl or whatever, you know, like when you're just there for the music, you can't even mm-hmm. drink, you can't even social, like you're going to see Iron Maiden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like that's the sweet spot, you know, I think for music. Um, and you know, I don't know. I just slept bomb is the shit. And Deborah is That's awesome. I'll awesome. Check it out. And the guitar players are awesome. It's yeah. you know, I kind of describe it as like, you know, it's it's like thrash punk, but but, but like DRI kind of thrash. It's really really good. That's good. Yeah. So I I look forward really to cool. trying to see them live. I think comics are the new punk rockers. They're just punk rock mm-hmm. singers without a band up there pushing it um and everyone's yeah. freaking out because punk rock's not for everybody you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so you got like these you know pop people you know i'm trying to compare like the audience of a co- comic you have you know you have pop people going to punk rock shows and they're like i don't like that you know what i mean so you know mm-hmm. but um so i think i think stand-up comedians are uh the last front of punk and freedom of speech and I don't give a fuck. I, I you know, I, mm-hmm. what I, what I'm sad about is, or is I see music going to what's, what happened to sport, sports, sport, the act of sport. Like <laughs> I think to me, I never really got into sports because the people aren't from where they're from, where they say they're from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. if it was Boston, people from Boston, Massachusetts, New that area, playing new york i would go out that'd be awesome you know what i mean like yeah. my buddy plays third base he used to he live in quincy he's so great you know but it but sports have gotten to the point where like you know it's supposed to be who is the best and let's compete right but now money yeah. has got it to the point where like the players don't even really care if you hear them interviewed they're like i'm just trying to do the best job for the company that i'm yeah. you know i'd like it if they were like dude did you see that throw i i second base boom i got him like there's there's yeah. no heart you know it's like i'm just i'm a battery that worked for the guy his name is craft and craft is in charge you know so so their souls <laughs> their souls got killed that way right that's perfect but then the other way their souls got is greed so now like enhancement drugs now mm. they're cheating you know what i mean like yeah. well where's Ugh. where's sport in that you're already a mountain of muscle. What do you? Yeah. yeah like, so it's like either money and money is, you know, just kind of like dirtied the water of sport or greed of, of being the best, but you're cheated. So I kind of see mm. like music going into that. Like people are different in the music scene. It's a different brain person. It's less artists, more business people um, because mm. the art's easier to do with pro tools. So like business people can get it done um, rather than, you know, like really have to know what you're doing. And so I think, Music is getting tainted, so I think comedians are holding it down. And if those bombs do start dropping, because of boys with boys in mind, I'll hold you closer, slowly kissing. There'll be 
obviously people will be enjoying this album for years and years. It's, in my opinion, it's an instant classic, really. Uh, with the exception of maybe Med Her Lazy and Beautiful Way, the songs don't seem to dwell on the hardships or the pandemic or the wretched political landscape. I know we talked earlier about, you know, keeping it positive and not, you know, screaming into the void with all the other Twitter users. Yeah. <laughs> but were you, was it a conscious decision really to circulate something upbeat during this time? Uh, yeah, I think I, I didn't want to write a song like songs where people got felt more more about what's going on you mm-hmm. know what i mean for instance um like sometimes sometimes you got to be careful with because i didn't want trump to touch anything i touched i don't want to want to yeah. sing about him i didn't want any lyrical reference to that piece of crap like mm-hmm. like he's just so just it's so horrendous and and mm-hmm. so like i didn't want to associate myself with him um like i don't like to associate myself with horrible people i didn't want the listeners to have to listen to me go i don't agree with that fucking guy you know what i mean because they're like everyone right. needed like like you're saying everyone needed an escape and that's why i turned the punk rock wheel to um to positive stuff you know what i mean like and if you listen to like the groovy ghoulies or something like um you know, it's just, it's 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 punk, um, but you don't have to try to like. I don't know. You don't have to like make it a Facebook argument. Um, sure. So yeah, yeah. I did. I did feel like people needed. To, I mean, Americans, Americans really need to try and start having a nice time, like a positive time. <laughs> you know, like they. We really have to like make it a goal to not talk shit, not complain, be mm-hmm. happy. Um, a lot of people, not to get weird, but a lot of people often say, you know, like, Dave, you're a positive guy. You know, what's up with that? <laughs> like, I'm weird. <laughs> Why are you so know, positive it's, it's, all the time? It's kind of, it's kind of depressing. Like, oftentimes they'll be like, Dave, you're positive and DIY. It's like, I, I was like, well, can people be more positive and can people do more for themselves? I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think I'm doing like the very, why am I the outlier? I'm yeah. not, like, I'm not, I don't see me doing like, I, so I think people, so my point is, um, I don't know what my point, I don't know where I was going, with <laughs> but you know, people just need to, Oh, I know what I was going to say. My, my kind of life mantra, not to bring listeners down is, is two things. One is, you know, I'm not in, I'm not in the mud right now on a foreign land, holding my stomach together, wishing I was with, with my, with my mom. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that is the outcome to so many young men's life. And I know that, you know, I grew up with knowing people from world war II and Vietnam and Korea. And so when, when golf, the Gulf war happened, I remember my house being a little worried, like me being like, Oh, okay. So this could happen. Um, So I've always remembered that I, you know, I, I always have to remember the countless, uh, like 19 year olds that, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out if they should pick their arm up and bring it or just leave it. You know what I mean? Like, so that's always been yeah. a thing with me. But the other thing is, you know, all the really, really, really bad stuff that's going to happen in everybody's life is packed up on a really powerful train and it's blasting towards you and there is no stopping that train 
So you kind of want to try and be positive before it shows up. Because once it shows up, you go, oh, this is actually a problem. Not what I was thinking about mm. yesterday. You know what right. I mean? So that's uh, just been, so just out of respect of people who have worse lives, that's where my general attitude comes from. Absolutely. Yeah, I hear that. And being ready and, and in a positive place, I think, leaves you better suited to deal with problems. And- yeah, those hardships that are steaming, steaming towards you. Yeah. And, and, um, trying to help people who are, who, whose train did show up. I had mentioned in the intro, how the samples weave through this record, adding an extra bit of character to the tone of the album. Mm. Do you just like collect audio samples? Like people collect stickers, like, where did you get all this stuff? Yes. The answer is yes. Um, I, (laughs) so, you know, back in the day, like, when you know quentin tarantino came out and you know all that kind of mm. like art art was out and like beastie boys were doing things you know i grew up on the beastie boys you know i remember i remember mm. in fourth grade like teachers being like you're not listening got all the kids together and like you're not listening to that are you and we're all like we are and you know like so with like the way he kind of looks at things like i i listened in the way like i was listening i've been i listened to his creativity and 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 when he would when he would talk about old films like these are the C movies and B movies of the '60s, so after he said that, I went and dove in. You know, I, you know, mm-hmm. She Devils on Wheels, Blast Off Girls, Just for the Hell of It. You know, a lot of people know like Reefer Madness or Cocaine Fiends. You know, these are all just <laughs> like movies that were probably playing in New York when New York was slimier. You know, just stuff like that. So I've been collecting these movies and and you know like I grew up on music that did a lot of sampling, have it be the BC boys or have it be ministry, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone was sampling. So yeah, I, um, I've been, I collect them and I put them together. Um, and remember there's a lot of Ninja tunes was a, is a record label that I would, a lot of different great DJs, DJ food. And I remember I'm a drummer. So I like DJs cause DJs make beats that drummers would never think of like DJ crush. Mm. It's, it's one of my favorite things. And you know, like, Back in high school, sometimes when you didn't have your license, you couldn't go out if you didn't get picked up. So I started noticing in high school, whenever I'd not get picked up or couldn't couldn't go out, you know, I would always spend all this time like collecting samples and doing them on cassette tapes. And th- I would have more fun when I was left behind than when I was Absolutely. allowed in the car. You're speaking my language. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, for this record, my wife, Bree, she said, I never heard you laugh that loud by yourself you know and you know like when on the record with that guy with the the drive-in movie guys like favorite candy bars here we got baby ruth zag nut zero chicken <laughs> dinner bit of honey snickers milky way that's his flow like that we didn't really? manipulate that he, he you didn't speed it up right no, he, he sang like this and he kept it going and he don't dun, 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 and i'm like i'm just laughing like so i'm in heaven awesome. when i'm collecting samples yeah that's great yeah. It's so it's so fun. samples are fun. And the Cuidado record has some really good ones. Like I Yeah. It's just it's it's my slice of cake. Yeah. Well yeah, and you guys have been doing that for a while. You know, we're gonna have a hit record yeah. back on how it goes. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff is so great. Are you familiar with a, a Canadian band called Brand Van three thousand? No, that's a cool name. You gotta check them out, man. You'll love them. It's all that audio art, just like weird stuff, like beats and uh I mean, songs, but like all the stuff weaving through. Check them oh, out. What's it called? Brand like, Man? Brand Van. Brand like Van. A driving in a van. Okay. 
3000. Check them out. I, I think you'll like it. Moving into the title of the record, Do Your Art is, I, I, just think, I love the title. I mean, it encourages, it commands, you know, do your art. Like, you have to mm-hmm. do what mm-hmm. you enjoy, regardless of, you know, anything. Absolutely. <laughs> I've been touring for over 25 years, you know, and I started to slowly notice that the people around me who were like in bigger bands or bands that like are shooting by the other bands that, yeah that you know i hate to say it and people probably already know it but they're usually from fortunate families or connected families it just basically comes down to it that you know like veruca salt from charlie and the chocolate factory if she's like Mm -hmm. daddy i would like to be in a rock and roll band you know it's gonna happen do you know what i mean and so i so i see all these people when i'm on tour and like they're they're kind of from fortunate backgrounds but then when i go home i'm starting to see all my close friends like hang up their guitars hang up these things and start giving up and they say that their general attitude was you know i'm not good enough and i'm and i'm just like oh my god that's not it you are good enough Mm. it's just they're gonna get it first and if you are a fortunate person and you want to be an artist that's great i'm not saying you you can't i'm just right. focusing <laughs> on the people who think that they people didn't get, get successful because they weren't good enough and that's just yeah, not yeah. it it's it's there mm. are walls around fortunate people and they want to keep themselves in there and not have many people come through and so you know after you have to start really like hustling to pay rent and car and you know like you might do a double shift or two double shifts in a row bartending or waiting tables and we start like we start working our best for other people and we start we stop working our hardest and our best for ourselves because we're too tired Mm. after and so it's just like one of those things where it's just like well cat williams says it your star player like cat williams comedian you know, you got to bring out your star you, your best you for you, you know? So if you have to put on another pot of coffee or if you, you know, like whatever it is, just do your art. Like, don't, don't let them take that away from you. And, and, you know, not to go back to comics, but, you know, Batman was rich and Mm -hmm. Superman was born into it. Right. He just got powers. He's baby and he got powers. (laughs) Right. But like, what if all our other characters that we like, like Deadpool and Wolverine and Rogue, like what if they said, you know, I I don't want to do this anymore because, you know, everybody likes Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman and Spider-Man and it doesn't matter. And, you know, I'm just nickel and diamond here and they're saving the world. It's like, no, mm. dude, we need these characters. If we just have Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman, then it's just that world. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So <laughs> we're just trying to remind people that they have mutant powers and they got to use them. <laughs> We'd be missing out on so much, yeah. Oh, I love that analogy, man. Yeah, if Hawkeye looks over at Iron Man, it's like, ah, he's yeah, got it. Yeah, what's the point? We wouldn't have, yeah. we wouldn't have that character and those storylines. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and I think of it like as you know, enjoy the journey also yeah. because I feel like, like you were saying, it made me think like we, we're we're so concerned with the outcome. Like, what am I going to do with yeah. this? I've made it. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to show it at an art show, but it's the journey I think that people actually forget to enjoy. And that's where I try to you know 
like when I said earlier that a lot of the people who are in the bigger bands, they don't look happy. Like they don't, they're not being, they're not having a genuine fun time. Right. You know, they're uncomfortable. They can be pompous. When they start calling their albums units. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's totally that. It's totally that. Yeah. I mean, do I, 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 sometimes I have to refer to a flyer as an ad mat, you know, cause that's what they, that's what booking agents do. And whenever I do it, I just, I just feel my shoulders going. <laughs> EPK. What are those EPKs? What's your EPK? Oh, God. oh, you know what I, you know what I recently noticed, which I'll mention is this bothered me, but didn't bother me. Like it bothered me. It just bothered me like, Ugh. and that's, so we have new music videos out, right. For the songs. Mm. And sometimes, you know, like with my class, I'd, I'd be like, they're like, they asked about it. So I like, I don't know if I showed it, but I like, it came up on a still image or something, the YouTube link or, but anyway, other people like neighbors or different people who have seen or seeing your music video for the first time. The first thing they always say is um, 80,000 views. That's pretty good. No. <laughs> I mean, that's what they say. Like, but video, video. Yeah, that's what they say. And I think that's, uh, and it, it's just you know just, validation yeah but it's like i don't understand it it's like because it's but i don't understand anything with human with community but it's like <laughs> it's like mcdonald's it's like mcdonald's sells 50 billion trillion million billion burgers you know a day or whatever so are we saying mm. that's the best hamburger you know what i mean of mm. course not it's like wow. so like you yeah. have this mom and mom and pops trucks truck food truck or some and you got these other people who are making these like hamburgers, right? And oh, what? They're they're not as good as McDonald's. McDonald's sold more of them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just like the music industry is turning into the end. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Wow. And I'm glad so far we've mentioned lasagna, hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, I, I, later in life, I was told I do a lot of analogies. It's probably the because of dyslexia or something. <laughs> you're good. Well, you're good at it, man. You're making a lot of really good points and you're speaking to the things I love, comic books, food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, lo- I love the videos. You mentioned the videos. Uh, my buddy Pat Decline is in your uh, your toy video making. I think he's making salsa. I'm not sure what he's doing mm-hmm. on there, but uh, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, great videos. Love those. And so now you've got this album out. It's packed full of these high energy songs. And I bet you're dying to get out there and play these songs live. So what is, what's the plan? What are you guys going to do? Well, uh, I have to admit it. So this is the longest time Big D hasn't played since, or I haven't played music since I was like 16 or 17. I think it's been like three and a half yeah. years, three years. I've never not played live this long. So I'm actually kind of like a little, well, I'm always nervous for shows. I'm always, always nervous for mm-hmm. shows. Um, but I'm kind of like extra nervous. So, I, so it's like, I'm not one of those people. Like I like writing songs, recording songs, listening to songs, talking about songs, playing music and shows just are a product of that. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that I don't want or need people to applaud me or go. Yeah. And that's why big D often doesn't go like, say, Hey, say, Whoa. Like, I don't want, I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not here to, I don't want to tell people what to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of my live performance experience has, has been more of a, 
wait till they get a load of this, they're going to hate it. You know what I mean? In a good way. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think once, once a lot of people are enjoying some things, it can, it can make me a little, a little nervous. Um, uh, so I am excited to go out there, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about it. Is it going to be like it was before? What's yeah. Or just like how am that, I going to feel? Probably, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like walking out, you know, and mm. uh, I think I'll be fine. I think, <laughs> I think, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> Don't psych yourself yeah, out. Because <laughs> to me, you know, people, to me, a rehearsal is, awkward. you know, if you are out there and you pick up a microphone, and you're in a room of three or four of your other friends and you're singing, that's awesome. And that's mm-hmm. brave. And that's all you really need to do. And if people start enjoying it and then they start cheering for you on stage, that's great. But that's not the point. The point is you picked up the mic and you, you did it. And so, so yeah. All right, Dave. Well, I just want to thank you so much for hanging out with me today. This was a ton of fun going through the album and talking with you about a whole array of things. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And if we're going to go back to Northampton, we can go get some, we can go to the old, the new cha-cha-cha place. Absolutely. We used to call it cha-cha. We'd go cha-cha? And that meant like, are we going now? And it was, it was going to cha-cha was super important for us for all the good luck shop by lamy good luck days that's awesome yeah those are great shows man i just have so many great memories of seeing you guys at amherst college and at pearl street and just like pearl street you know so much fun (laughs) so this was a thrill for me i appreciate you making the time for me and yeah if you guys ever find yourself in western mass i'll definitely come come say hello cool man all right dave thank you so much take care take care man That was fantastic. I had a great time chatting with Dave. As I mentioned before, I'm just a huge fan of Big D and the Kids Table, and I'm so happy they continue to make great music. Do Your Art sounds like a fresh band, making music because they enjoy it. These guys always push themselves to explore new ideas while still maintaining their core. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the new album and look for the band on tour. I'm hoping they come through Northampton, and if they do, I'm reviving my old band so we can open for them again. I'd like to thank Dave for hanging out with me today. I'd like to thank Gary Strack for connecting me with Dave. I'd like to thank Craig for all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff he does. I'd like to thank Krista Makes from Less Than Jake for the theme music. And of course, thanks to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning into Talking Records. It's a blast to dive into these fantastic records, chat about the songs, try to gather up all the information we can into this one little podcast here. Be sure to check us out on the socials. Say hello, suggest albums, tell us your stories. When was the first time you saw Big D in the kids' table? All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.